Welcome back, everybody. What's going on? We have missed you just as much as you missed us, of course. But um, it is, you know, just a Monday, your typical home run derby Monday. Unfortunately, we got like no tiger action in the home run derby. But in case you baseballers out there are curious, Pete Alonso is going for the first ever home run derby three Pete in home run derby history. So kind of interesting. Um, but Nick, what is going on, my man? We haven't talked in uh, quite some time. So anything new? Uh, we haven't talked in a while. No, nothing new. Softball every day. Getting yeah, how's it going? Life. I feel like I feel like you're in like five softball leagues, or you just have one that's like everlasting. <laughs> I am in. I'm in four four softball leagues. Oh my so goodness! <laughs> Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursdays every awesome. week. Um, it is a lot of fun. But to speak on what you were just talking about, the home run derby, they asked Albert Pujols to join as like a nod to his career. And they asked Miguel Cabrera to be an all-star as a nod to his career, but they didn't ask Miguel to go in the, in the home run derby. So my question to you guys is, A, are we upset that Miguel Cabrera didn't get the same treatment that Pujols did, or is it because Pujols is retiring, there's a different kind of thing? But, I mean, Miggy hit 3,000. And, and B, if Miggy wasn't a home run derby, do you think he had any chance at winning it? Yeah, absolutely not. I'm going to go out and say that. Maggie's only got, I, th I think, three, maybe four home runs if he hit one the last week. But um, I love the guy. He's probably one of the best Tigers of all time. But um, he's just – he's a he's a 260-pound Ichiro Suzuki. That's that's what I, I saw that tweet the other day. And he's just a guy that, you know, gets his singles, his doubles, gets the RBIs, and he's not so much that big home run hitter. But can he do it? course so uh would i've loved to see biggie in the home run derby yes but it would have been an interesting sight to see but two holes just has more home runs than miggy in his career too. yeah but he also He's didn't play in america he also didn't it's play true. in america it's true i, I just think that Pujols is just more known as the power hitter even but though miggy is too it's just Pujols just got a, a, like a tab a, a, maybe a tab on him in the home run department I truly think it's because of the field they play at. You put Miggy in St. Louis the same amount as, as Pujols was and in L.A. rather than freaking Comerica. I don't know. I mean, But I get what you guys are saying. I get what you guys are saying. I just felt like Miggy was sh shafted a little bit in this whole run derby. Is Alonzo going to win it, though, boys? Did we all put our money on Alonzo for a three-peat? Uh, I got the kid I got the kid from Seattle, Julio, uh, Julio Rodriguez. Julian did. Rodriguez. He does have the best odds since 2001 Barry Bonds. So, that's in my opinion, there's no way for a three P. There's got to be someone who steps up. That's However, it's also 924. Yeah. This has been going on for an hour and a half. I haven't even watched it. Is, is he like, are we talking nonsense? Is he even still in it? Do we know? Alonzo was eliminated in round one. <laughs> Just that, that would be funny on the Lions podcast. <laughs> but uh, don't worry. Don't worry, Lions fans. Don't log off right now. We're talking no. Lions, Lions news, Lions, whatever. I don't know. Um, Lions football. That's what we're doing. Um, and we got a little 25-question poll we'll be discussing. Also have some results to that voted on by you guys. We got over, you know, 300 average votes per, you know, poll. So a good amount of people voted on this. So uh, without further ado, let's hop in some news and then we will get this ball rolling because today Madden decided to release some rankings and the Lions were kind of, kind of in the news. And the focal point was Sir Jameson Williams having a 98 speed second best in Madden only to Tyreek Hill, which that is better than I expected. Uh, thank you, Madden. I appreciate the them, you know, giving us the respect. But another thing, they ranked Jameson Williams a 78 overall, along with Amon Ra St. Brown, which very odd. We saw what Amon Ra can do last year. Jameson still hasn't played a game, so take that for what you will. Maybe they think they're the exact same. Maybe they think they're both super good. I don't know. But nonetheless, both rated 78 along with DJ Chark 78. So we got a group of 78. So uh, Nick, when's the last time you played some Madden? Oh, man, you're going to out me like that. Bro. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Now I will say that 
it's like riding a bike. And anytime I go and jump in, I'm always right there, ready to dominate anyone. Um, I'll tell you what, the last time I bought a Madden was probably like Madden 2016, 17. Okay. Once my daughter was born, I kind of stopped playing it. Had an Xbox 360 for a while, and then just stopped gaming. However, I got a Switch now, so I'm hoping that Madden gets into Nintendo Switch at some point and I get back into playing it because I'll probably never play one. I love the Madden ratings, though. And you got to love Jamie Williams getting up there in that speed. That was nice. I feel like they uh, undercut Amonra St. Brown a little bit, though. Am I the only one on that? Like, No, I agree with you guys. Uh, Amonra St. Brown should have at least been an 80. But this is part of Madden. They have to do this to the Lions. They, I mean, <laughs> given given Jameson Williams a 78 overall and a 98 speed, that alone is that we got to bump. I give Madden props on that. Okay, because usually, like last season, we got a group of 78s this season. Last season, Madden started us off with, like, Tyrell Williams, who's an 80. I think they had him at an 80. And then after that, our next best guy, I think, was a, a Perriman, who's like a 74. And then we had a bunch of 60s. So, obviously, they see that, that we have an improved wide receiver core, just like the rest of the world. So, shout out to Madden for giving Jameson Williams a 78. Uh, overall in the 98 speed that's going to help me win a lot of games with the lions um but amon ross st brown is i would make i'm gonna edit him into an 83 like he's supposed to be <laughs> absolutely and julius i like what you said on the tweet earlier today say by week eight man's gonna realize that they gotta bump up japes in that one speed give him that 99 you know Might as well <laughs> if they're gonna put him at a 98 he's right let's do that so um Madden rankings were better than last year. I'll say that. Last year was just pitiful, and they just pooped on their team. So this year, at least, you know, teeny tiny respect for a couple guys. But uh, in some real-life news, Jeff Okuda, boy, oh, boy, he is looking phenomenal. He was doing, like, jumps with a 45-pound dumbbell in his hands, and it just it shows how, you know, just good his knees, ankles, feet, Achilles, everything is just knock on wood good right now. So if Okuda, you know, if he comes in firing, boys, ooh, this will be such a nice treat for us. Nick, did you see this video by any chance? Oh, yes, I have. And I have been watching all of the Okuda videos that have been surfacing all spring and summer long. And it is, it literally... <laughs> So I get almost goosebumps. Like I'm, I'm, I don't know how. I'm, it just, it's that time of the year where the Kool Aid is flowing heavy. Where I am just picturing the best case scenario for every player, and for Jeff Okuda, best case scenario is a big, big, big step, and he just hasn't had the opportunity. Year one is almost a wash because he was in. He was in the, the most pitiful defense in NFL history. Year two, injury happens right up front. That happens. Keenan Allen had injuries, I believe, the first three years of his career. Played, played, I believe, like a total of 15 or 16 games first three years of his career, if I'm correct. He's all right now. He's pretty good. And I'm not saying, you know, but Jeff Okuda, there is still time. This is a big impact year, but those videos get me so excited, guys. Like, I, I don't know. I'm him opposite with, with Amani, who had six picks last year, with Jacobs, who's a fan favorite, AJ Parker, Iffy, who we drafted. Our 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 cornerback position is deep. I like it. Oh, yes, sir. It is. And then real quick, Julius, uh Okuda. He I just I love that he's posted all these videos too. It just shows that he's his confidence is going up. And you know, obviously no one's it is deep comments or DMs or anything, you know, bashing him saying, you know, anything negative. So it's only positive for him right now. So as long as he can just stay on this track, then he will be fine. And then not to mention, last year we saw not just one, not just two, but three running backs come from Achilles injuries. And that was Cam Akers, Donta Foreman, and Marlon Mack. Um think they all played a few you know games here and there not all complete throughout the season but nonetheless they got back on the field and if you can get back to a running back position tearing your Achilles then I think you could certainly do it as a cornerback so Julius you get a chance to watch any of these Jeff Okuda you know just hype videos he's got going on no I didn't but I have 
been keeping track through like reading articles and reading reports because of, they've been keeping tabs on him. I, I did skim a few videos. I did, but big time Jeff Okuda. I'm not even. I'm not even thinking about Jeff Okuda right now. I'm not even thinking about him because I, I just want to be surprised. Okay, I I just want to be surprised. I don't want to, you know, I don't know. I don't want to be disappointed when Jeff Okuda has a 30 uh, PFF rating by week four. And 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 he's starting to get knocked down the depth chart by Arby Pleasant. I don't want to be like Julius, were you the guy when your parents left your like Christmas presents in the closet, right? And you knew where they were, right? You knew where they were. Did you go and peek at them? Were you like I want to be surprised, man. I want to be surprised. What were you? If I had the opportunity to peek at him, I would. But... You see, I mean, this year I'm peeking at Chef Okuda, man. I'm telling you, this present is going to be nice when we unwrap it. I'm scared. Bro. I'm scared because if Jeff Okuda is a lockdown corner, our defense might be good. You know, I've been doing the same philosophy when it comes to Marvel movies. I haven't been watching any of the trailers. I say, give me the full surprise. I don't want to see any trailers before that movie. Full surprise going in, so I can I, I can dig that. If Jeff Okuda is good, the Lions will be good. He's that much of an X factor, I believe. His success, like out of all players on the roster, out of everybody, I think that might be a little him. going oversimplification. Like I mean, I mean, if Okuda is injured all year and Jerry Jacobs and Iffy step up, I think the Lions can still be pretty good. You know what I mean? That's true. I agree with that, but I just firmly believe that Jeff. I think if the Lions are going to be great and surprise everyone and go from worst to first, it will. Okuda is going to be one of the top three impactful players. It has to be. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yes, sir. Um, Okuda is looking good, and also I guess T.J. Hawkinson making news waves. It's looking like he's maybe getting a contract extension. Nothing final, but there was you know some rumors that he was in talks with the Lions. So, boys, um, what is Hawkinson? What's let me ask you this, Nick? What's the bare minimum that T.J. Hawkinson has to do for you to want to bring him back? And the bare minimum could be something you know something good. It doesn't have to be you know five hundred for six touchdowns again. <laughs> I want health. I want 17 games out of him. I don't care if he catches 310 yards and three touchdowns, to be all honest. And I hope if that was the case, it's because Goff is, you know, utilizing Shark, Jameson, Amonra, even even Khalif if he makes the team or whoever is that wide receiver, DeAndre Swift, all that. I'm okay if that ends up being the case, right? Hawkinson becomes more of a blocker, kind of like Kittle last year. San Francisco still made this big run, but Kittle was not there in many, many games. And statistic-wise, he was more of a blocker. And and Kyle Shanahan saw that and saw that it was going to be better to to just push and funnel the ball into Debo's hands and, and win that way and with our run game. And if that happens for Hawkinson, I'm okay with that. So health is the number one thing, in my opinion. I want to see 17 games out of Hawkinson. If I see that, he's got the full go. Keep coming back. I like to build him. I don't need us going to draft another one in the first or second or third round and develop him. And and we just went and got the guy I can never remember the, the tight end's name that I can never remember, Woods, Jelani Woods. That might be crazy wrong. I don't remember. That's crazy wrong. He plays for the Rams. Okay. Uh, we got Garrett Griffin. I don't no, know. who is the guy we drafted? Oh, yes. Jordan Mitchell, James Mitchell. Mitchell. James Mitchell. Thank you. There we go. That's who I'm thinking of. Um, Anyways, I don't want I don't want those. I I like Hawkinson. Keep him here. Statistics don't bother me as long as we're winning games and he is healthy. Fair point. I like it. I like it. If he does play 17 games, like there's just no way that like he has a bad season. again. You know, like we've seen Hawkinson. He'll have his he'll have some, you know, poor performances, but he'll have great performance. So, Julius, what's I see? Same question. What's the bare minimum that you got to see Hawkinson do to, you know, want to bring him back next year? I think this is a two part question for me. First part is I need Hawkinson to have a Pro Bowl season. He based on his draft status. It's great to have him on the field all the time, like Nick say, but I need production from a top 10 NFL pick tight end. Second part of my my answer. I need James Mitchell not to be an all-pro tight end, uh, uh, Pro Bowl tight end or a future Pro Bowl tight end because if he is, that makes TJ Hawkinson expendable immediately. So 
I need TJ Hawkinson to be a bona fide franchise tight end for us this season for me to be comfortable giving him a big time contract in the next offseason. I like it. I like it. And for me, you know, I just want to see a just all around top five performance, whether if it's he's, you know, top five in yards and receptions and touchdowns, but just the majority of his stats. I want to see him in that top five. Yes, I mean, or top sevens, whatever. But I'd like to see Hawkinson establish himself as a true top five tight end in the NFL. And it's not saying much because there aren't a whole lot of elite tight ends, but you still have, you know, Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, and Pitts. If he could enter that group, then bada bing, bada boom, we got our guy. Um, Other than Hawkinson, that's all we really have in the news. So, boys, you ready to do this little 25-question uh, over-under breakdown? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's run it. Also, I'll be keeping these. We're going to be keeping tabs. And at the end of the year, we're going to go through. Loser has to do something we'll, to oh, be discussed. But oh, don't be the loser. It's going to be these plus our schedule breakdown that I still have back here. So we're going to have well, some Julius fun. put the Kool-Aid down. <laughs> Julius nah, like, over on everything. <laughs> Which, honestly, the fans did vote over did on vote over on, like, oh, we'll oh wait, there's, there was one under. Was there one under? Yeah. <laughs> well, Actually, there's two on, three unders, four unders, five unders. Okay, so there's a few. Okay, so yeah, all right, not bad. All right, so Shout out who the fans voted for, Adam, because I don't have it in front of me. I got him, yeah. So start off, oh, these are all over-unders. Uh, Jared Goff, 3,800 passing yards. Uh, first, you know, Nick, let's hear what you got to say. And then give me your, give me a percentage. Let's, let's take a little step farther on what you think the people voted. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm going to guess the people voted 61% over. So that's right. that. Um, I wanted to pull this up. Jared Goff, real quick, at 3,800. I was a little ill-prepared for this episode, and now it's showing, and now it's not even working for me. Great, good, 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 good. I think he's only hit like 38, or I think he's only gone under 3,800. Not a lot. Damn it, I wish I had these stats in front of me. Hold on, guys. Give me two seconds. All right, here we go. He has only hit 38, or gotten less than 3,800 one time in his career. And it was last year when he hit 3,200. So the question is, is he going to get 600 more yards than he did last year? I would like to think the addition of Jameson and DJ Shark would give him that. However, are we going to pass the ball as much as Sean McVay ever did with the Rams? I don't think so. I'm taking the under, just under, but I am taking the under. Ooh. And yes, I'm going to have my own sound effects for everything we vote on. Uh, Julius, give me some good news. I have the over on this because I, I, as, as far as right now stands, our offense is going to be better. Okay. And if our offense is going to be better, Jared Goff's stats are going to be better. I think he stays healthy enough. He's not really. Uh, uh, injury-prone quarterback, per se, that make you worry about him not playing enough to do it. It just depends on his own performance through the air. And honestly, outside DeAndre Swift, 16 to 1,800-yard rushing season or something, I think Jared Goff is going to have plenty of yards to throw for. Uh, <laughs> it should be a lot. It should be a lot. So I'm going over. All right. I like it. Um, gosh, I'm going to go under. I think Swift breaks out this year and I just think he has a good run game. And also, if, you know, Jameson doesn't play for the first six weeks, I think that will definitely hurt. If we got, you know, the nod that, you know, Jameson was starting week one, then I'll probably lean closer to the over. But as of now, got to go under and uh, the final votes were 57%, uh, 57.4% over, 42.6% under. So, Nick, not a bad guess. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Back to Jared Goff, over or under 25 and a half passing touchdowns. Julius, you take this one away. And give me what percentage you think the, the people voted. This 25 total uh, passing touchdowns, right? 25 and a half, yes, passing touchdowns. I have this as under for myself because <laughs> I, I I feel differently about passing yards and passing touchdowns 
Now, it's possible. You know, I can definitely. What's do you know his career high in touchdowns by chance? Either I of got you? it right here. Uh, career high is thirty-two. Thirty-two. Okay, and that was with the crazy Rams season when they went to the Super Bowl. I think two thousand eighteen Rams. Yep. So. I'm going to say under because it's Jared Goff, simply put. <laughs> Easy enough. I like it. What do you think our blue Kool-Aid Lions drinkers fans <laughs> voted? <laughs> I would say 50-50. 50-50. All right. Um, wrong. They voted <laughs> over 58%, uh, to over 25 and a half passing touchdowns. So we have some optimistic fans here. Nick, are you one of them? No, I am under. For the last three years, Jared Goff has thrown four 22 touchdowns, then 20 touchdowns, then last year 19 touchdowns. Without Sean McVay's prolific high-flying offense, he is not a 25-touchdown thrower. And this is 25 and a half, I believe, so he's got to get 26 or more. Even 25 won't get the job done. He's not even going to get hit 25. I'm taking the under. Boys, do I have news for you. Uh, Jared Goff is getting 26 right on the dot. Last year, he honestly didn't do a whole lot until like week. I'll actually take that back. He started off five touchdowns first two games. Um, But he did miss a few games. So if you toss in the three games he missed, he throws two touchdowns. In two of the games, the three touchdowns of one, boom, that's 26. Add in Jameson Williams, you give Swift a full season. If we get if we stay healthy, I think he's got a good shot to squeak in at 26. I'm gonna lock it in. Over. Locked in. Uh moving on. DeAndre Swift, my man that I was just talking about. I'm sure you guys know what I'm gonna say. Uh DeAndre Swift over or under 1,000 yards on the dot. And I'm going over. I think this is the year. Just mentioned this that Swift breaks out. I think he goes for a thousand yards. And I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to attack a thousand thousand season. I don't think he hits it, but he could be sniffing at it. And if he does do some sort of, you know, 800, 800 like Eckler did last year, I won't be mad. But uh, Swift, I think he's going to hit that 1,000-yard rush mark. If he just you know, plays 14 games, I think that should do it. Maybe even 13 because he just he looks so phenomenal running ball every time he gets it. And I just I think he's going to do it this year. Not to mention we got our offensive line you know, healthy from the get-go, unlike last year when it was Decker and then Ragnall and you know, Sewell. And it was just all a mixture. So, Julius, let's head it back to you. You think Swift uh, tops a thousand yards? I do, and if you see this bet, make it over <laughs> a thousand yards because this is this is Swift's year. This is Swift's year. Uh, health, all health. You know, of course, every player health pending, but everything is set up. They're gonna give DeAndre Swift the ball. The way they're talking, I, the um, Deuce Staley and even Dan Campbell, they keep talking about Swift. They keep talking about him because they know. They know what we all know. With our offensive line, with DeAndre Swift, we can have a great running game. They had a great running game last year. I mean, not great. It was good. Average sometimes. Excellent at other times. We had Greg Reynolds rush for 100 yards. No one knew who this guy was. And he comes out and rushes for 100 yards in his second game. Over. I got over on DeAndre Swift, 1,000 yards, and – if you if you really drinking the Kool Aid, go over fifteen hundred. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be some very stuff. That would that would be cool. Uh, Nick, anywhere near fifteen hundred? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, real quick, guys, take a guess. How many guys ran for a thousand yards last year? Seven. I think it was a good chunk. What'd you like say, not- Julius? Seven. I'm gonna you say. say- 11. Seven on the dot. Oh, it was seven on the dot. And it's Jonathan Taylor with 1,800. Then Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Delvin Cook, Antonio Gibson, Ezekiel Elliott. There's a dang good chance that DeAndre Swift can be that Antonio Gibson or Ezekiel Elliott, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. 13 games each of his first two years. Right, 600 yards is the most he's ever rushed in a, in his career. Or wait, 
yeah, 617 last year. This is like the year. This is the year it's going to be so close. If I had to bet, and I'm like trying to, I'm, I'm going to take the under here. And and a lot of it might be because both of you guys took the over. Um, I'm going to take the under on a thousand. I don't think you're going to do it. Eight, I think what Adam said, eight, like what Austin did last year, eight and eight. That's going to be what it is. I'm well, how it. about 850 and a half? Because that's what FanDuel has right now for DeAndre Swift's rush yard prop. That is, I would still take the under. I'm saying 800 and 800. 800 and 800, boys. That's what it's going to be. He's screaming on the inside that he lives in Texas and can't place a bet right now. 800, 800. I like that, Nick. I like that. It's it's, it's very logical. It's logical because he's a dual threat running back. You know, he's going to catch as many balls as he runs. So 800, 800. I'll take that too. I'll take it. I would absolutely take that. That's a good, that's a good year right there. But I'll oh, say that. What did the uh, fans say? They said over, right? Of course they said over. They hammered. I think that was the, the best <laughs> one. Yeah, so far, 59% we had. three, which is the most so far. Swift. Yet. Uh So now here's the interesting one. DeAndre Swift, total touchdowns, 10 and a half. So this isn't just rushing. This could be receiving or rushing or no. Receiving or rushing, unless counting a passing touchdown, defense, yeah. which would be which would be cool. or return. I would count a return as a total touchdown or defensive interception. If for some reason Swift is playing corner, you know, I'll count all that. <laughs> a little scoop and score action, you know, when Goff's baby hands drop the ball, Swift just scoops around the side. I like it. Like anything can happen. Nick, uh, what are you thinking here? Can um, Swift hit the mark of ten and a half total touchdowns? I'm thinking that I'm a terrible fan right now because I all I see Nick, is oh no, <laughs> I can't go under four in a row, can I? No, you can't. He's go. got 17 touchdowns in two years, 10 last year, I think. Right? Anyone? We got a stats uh, last year, yeah. 10 in 2020, seven last year. For him to hit eleven touchdowns is nuclear, in my opinion. He's he, in in that in that twenty twenty year he had a game with three touchdowns. I'm pretty sure that's why I think he had ten total touchdowns. Realistically, I gotta take the under on ten and a half total touchdowns. Under. Your disappointment, Nick. This is bad. <laughs> Kick Julius, me off right now. Julius, eject some blue Kool Aid into this podcast. My man's is going to go over 10, and if you're a betting man, he's going to go over 15. <laughs> because he will be targeted, and he will be he will get carries. I, I am so confident. The most confident thing about this Lions offense to me, outside of the offensive, a healthy offensive line that's going to play well, is DeAndre Swift Valium. They are going to feed him the ball, and I believe that he will get I got him at 12 right now, like six and six. You know what I'm saying? That's probably, that's probably what I got him at. I like it. Hold on. I'm just – oh, yeah. Wow. This is a nice little juicy stat I got here. I guess how many games DeAndre Swift didn't score a touchdown in that he played in. So he only played in uh, eight uh, – uh, probably like ten games over – like 55%. So out of those 10 games, how many think he didn't score a touchdown? In? Just because you're trying to bring this stat up, I'm going to be like two. <laughs> it is two. Good guess, Nick. Uh, so, yes, Swift had a touchdown in every game he played, and except for two. And the two were, one, it was just a terrible game against Seattle, which he only had four attempts and two receptions. So week 17 as well, so didn't really play it. And then the other one was against week two, the Packers, in which they just kind of shut him down. 37 yards on the ground and 41 on receiving. So all in all, Swift, um, he's a playmaker. I've been talking him up this whole podcast. Got a signed ball of his in my bedroom. Uh, we gave away a Swift jersey. We're big Swift fans here, except for Nick, I guess. But <laughs> Um, nonetheless, I, I'm, I'm right there with you, Julius. I think he smashes this. I think Swift just breaks out once again, man, this is going to be his year. I think also fantasy players too. Don't be afraid to pull the trigger. It's going to be hard for you Detroit fans and players because you're likely playing with some of the other Detroit fans and players. So not players, but you know what I mean? Um, 
But Swift, I, I think he is one of the more elite premier running backs in the NFL right now. And granted, the Lions don't have the best offense. We have one of the best offensive lines. So as long as, you know, Ragnow, Decker, and Big Sue can stay healthy, then those boys will be clearing holes that semis could just get through. So um, Swift, I think he easily takes the cake on this. And our fans thought so as well. Wop coming in at a whopping 68% on the over of 10 half total touchdowns. I think he could go like a seven, seven, five, something like that. Seven rushing five receiving. Um, but Swift, uh, I think he's hitting the over. So let's talk a little about the man behind Swift, Jamal Williams. This one's interesting. 500 rush yards. Do you guys think, uh, Julius, do you think Jamal is going to, you know, see the field enough for 500 yards? Or do you think, you know, this is going to have to be some sort of swift injury baked into this? It's going to have to be a swift injury baked into this for me to go confidently over, you know, because I just don't see him hitting 600. I can see him hitting 400, just not six. So I'm going under. I agree. Um, Nick, Jamal Williams, 500 yards. Can 500. He's hit 503 of his five years in the NFL, including last year with Detroit. You know, it's weird. Pro, pro Football Reference says Jamal Williams had 11 starts last year and DeAndre Swift had four. It's kind of interesting, right? The lines are weird with who they start. It's it. I Dan Campbell. Anyways, I don't know. I just I Nick just, is trying to talk us back our uh, our DeAndre Swift overs right now. <laughs> Jamal Williams is going to get 500 rushing yards this year. Though I don't think he should. I feel like Craig Reynolds, Jamar Jefferson, isn't he still on the team? I think. I don't even know. Maybe he's not on the team. Um, Those guys, who knows? Whoever the the other guy was that we signed, safety, who like came off the bus, the other guy. I don't know. There's a ton of them. Godwin, Mbukawe, or whatever. There's a ton of running backs. I feel like all of them should get like efforts and touches ahead of Jamal Williams right now. But we all love Swaggy. We're excited to see him on Hard Knocks. He's going to be a fan favorite. Um, he's going to be a Twitter sensation if he isn't already. And I think he gets over 500 yards. This is my first over. I'm taking the over. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. All right. I like it, Nick. Um, but, you know, I'm right there with you. At first, Julius, you know, I was right. I was green. You know, under – no way. With Swift having our breakout season like he's going to, no way Jamal Williams is going to you know, be able to do this without injury baked into it. But Jamal Williams had one game last year above 48% snap percentage. So he, as long as you know he could do what he did last year, and which and I know he played – it's weird because week one he had a 35% snap share – had 54 yards, a touchdown, and 56 yards received. So it's like he doesn't need a whole lot to really be efficient. Yards per carry, week one, six. Week two, 3.5. Week three, 3.5. Week four, 4.7. Uh, week seven, 4.7. And a few other 4.0s and higher. So he he can do it. It's just, you know, is, is Dan Campbell going to, you know, spend a few extra touches making sure that Jamal – gets his share or is he just gonna you know roll him on over to Swift because Swift might be able to get half a yard to a yard more maybe two yards more than what Jamal could do so for me I'm still sticking to the over I think he's gonna just sneak into it by what I'm looking at I doesn't he doesn't need a whole you know a lot of workload to get his touches it's like he's only on the field for you know handoffs essentially so I think he does it, but not by a lot. The at people- the risk of at the risk of like because we have 25 minutes left and a ton of these to go, prolonging this show. I also think that we're like we want DeAndre Swift to get all these touches, but Dan but Dan Campbell's not going to do that. He is going to continuously give 35 percent or more of the work hold or the work share to Jamal Williams to save DeAndre Swift not only for DeAndre Swift's career but at the potential of a late 
season push for the playoffs and have Swift healthy, in my opinion. So that's just another reason why Jamal sees the field more than maybe we think he should, but I think that's a good excuse for him to see. Yes, and our fans had a tougher time voting on this. They only picked the over by 53% to 46% under 53.4, 46.6. But um, that was the tightest one we've had so far. Next up, DJ Chark, 750 yards. We're going to do a little double action. So uh, speed things up. DJ Chark, 750 yards receiving and five and a half receiving touchdowns. Over or under, Julius, kick it off for us. I have this at over because DJ Chart is such a red zone threat. You know, that's what he, he's not necessarily known for, but he's kind of built for it. You know what I'm saying? And I believe that for that fact alone, he should be one of the top targets for Jared Goff. And I can just see him having a six or seven touchdown year at this point. Over. What, what about yards too? Uh, the yards. What was the yards set? Seven hundred fifty. Nothing crazy. Under, under because there's just too many, too many targets to go around. This yeah, when it comes to receiving yards in this team, I am not betting no money on nothing. <laughs> That's yeah. I I kind of agree. You know, I'm right there with you. I think Chark's going to be a big, you know, red zone threat. I think he's going to be like a Kenny Galladay Jr. In which we're going to see some nice plays where he's going to high point some balls, but he's going to be around the 600 yard range. Um, but I think over five and a half touchdowns is definitely doable. It wouldn't, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't hit that mark. We just, you know, saw the other guys break out because, you know, we do have tons of other playmakers, but if Chirk plays, you know, 15, 17 games, I think he definitely hits this mark. Nick. I'm going over the touchdowns under the receiving yards. It seems like I'm following suit with everyone. That's what you said as well, Adam, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, it, exactly. I'm not going to just say the same thing you guys said, but you all hit all the points right on the, the head. Great points. Six and over, great big body. The people voted over and over on both of these by pretty wide margin. They think Chark's easily going to hit this five-and-a-half receiving touchdown mark, 67.6%. And then also uh, the 750 yards, 67% on the over as well. So should be a good year for DJ Chark, according to the fans. Next up, we have the rookie, Jameson Williams, over 600 receiving yards. And then, Nick, I like this one. Will he play 11 and a half games? So, Nick, take it away. You think Jameson, you know, is on the field enough for 600 yards? These kind of go hand in hand as well. Yeah, they do. I am taking the under on both, unfortunately. I want Jameis Williams to have the over on both. I want him to play more 12 games plus, but I think he hits Pup, which misses the first six, leaving 11 games only. Um, and with that, we saw how long it took for Goff to, to get connected with St. Brown. Um, just like like basically last year with like COVID and all that, this year Jameis Williams is not getting those reps early um in uh, in training camp and off-season workouts with golf i think that's going to hinder his his statistics in the latter half of the season when he comes and is actually on the field he'll be a great decoy he's fast that he'll get his yards but i don't think he hit 600 under and under for me love it um not so much on the unders but love prediction uh julius what do you got here um james is gonna be healthy I believe he will be. Uh, when they when it's time to come back, he's going to be healthy. But you don't. We don't know when that will be. So <laughs> you have to go under on any over under on an injured player that's going into the season injured. You know, you you cannot predict his stats. <laughs> not at all. Especially when it happened in December, January. Exactly. Not yeah. that long ago. Right. <laughs> our our polls here. This is hilarious because <laughs> it makes no sense. For me, I'm I'm right with you. If if Jameson is healthy, comes out, he I think he's easily hitting over 600 yards. And obviously, he's going to hit the games played. But um, for me, you know, it's just too much of a question mark. If I had to put my hundred dollars on it right now, I'd take the under on both. But our fans um, got a little interesting. They took the over on James Williams receiving yards over of 600, but they took the under at a whopping 68% of James Williams 11 and a half games played. So that means 
that some of our fans think that James Williams is going for 600 yards in uh, five and a half games. So that would be pretty cool if that happened. But we'll be uh, fantasy. Yeah, that would be a little fantasy stud diamond in the rough. A little surge like Amonra last year. Hey, you never know, honestly. Uh, speaking of Amonra, he's our next man up. Amonra St. Brown, will he hit the 1,000-yard mark, and will he eclipse six-and-a-half receiving touchdowns? Our fans sure think so. Both of them were heavy-hitting overs. Um, myself, 1,000 yards, I don't know. This one's a tricky one. I think Amonra is going to have a lot of receptions. I do think he's going to ticky-tack into this. So I'm going to say over receiving touchdowns. I'm going to say under. I don't think he hits six and a half. I think they're going to go to Chark, Hawkinson, Swift, and Jameson if he gets out there. I think those guys will be, you know, the big touchdown monsters. Amon Ra, he did have the game wing, the first game winning touchdown and in which, you know, sparked the Lions uh, the last, you know, few games of the season. But all in all, I think he's just going to be the guy that's getting us down to the five-yard line inside the 10 in the red zone, just making the play right there. And then I just – I don't think he's going to finally, you know, get it done. I think he's going to leave it to our boy Swift or Hawkinson or someone like that to get it done. So I'm doing a little over-under action. I think he's hitting the over 1,000 receiving yards and under of six and a half receiving touchdowns. Julius, you going over, over, under, under? Uh – I think I'm going to go over and over, over and over no, because no. I'm over just very much excited again. about it. like uh, Nelly and Tim McGraw. Over and over again. <laughs> we go back over and over again. Tell me we know that song. Adam, hey. you're a little too young, but me and Julius know that song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Hey, oh, I, I guess I'm Nelly today because I'm on Rye going over and, and over, over again. I, I, I expect him to be good. You know what I'm saying? Because last season that was not a that wasn't that wasn't a mirage. That was not a mirage at the end of last season. Player rookie wide receivers just don't mirage the end of their rookie seasons like that, and then come back their second year and and you know it just doesn't happen. So health pending, like I'm always saying, <laughs> Amon Ra will go over and over. I like it, uh, Nick. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm following suit with with Adam. Uh, over 1,000 receiving yards. I think he eclipses that 900 yards last year, and he only played the second half. I mean, I know he didn't, but it seems like Jared Goff thought he only played the second half. Uh, touchdown, six and a half. The thing is, I do want to believe that. Um, but I just I took the under on Jared Goff in 25 and a half. And if he's taking the if I'm taking the over on Shark, I got to take the under somewhere. Uh, I think I'm going to take the under here with Monra. Just like Adam said, he's going to be the guy to get us in the within the red zone, and then we're going to kind of utilize a little bit more of our bigger bodies, um, and that's how we're going to do that. And so, yeah, over or under for me. I like it, boys. Uh, next up. Wait, what the fans do? Oh, yes, that's right. They uh, voted in an overwhelming over and over of 71% over on Amon Ra, 1,000 yards receiving, and 83% on Amon Ra receiving touchdowns. So they're definitely confident that he's going to hit at least seven. Uh, next up, we have the big boy, TJ Hawkinson, uh, the boy that's going to have to prove himself. Looking at, you know, coming into his fifth-year deal, is he going to hit 750 yards and five and a half total receiving touchdowns? Yeah, this one's interesting because I think I think this would be his best best season. This would be a career year for Hawkinson. So my heart tells me yes, man, but my brain's like I don't know. Well, we've seen this rodeo before with Lions tight ends, <laughs> so I'm going to go over on the receiving touchdowns. But I think. I think he just finishes with like 650. I think 750 is just a, a little too much. And I did predict Amon Roddick over 1,002. So if that happens, then that, you know, Hawkinson, his chance will be a little less. So I'm going to go under on the receiving yards, under 750, and over on the receiving touchdowns of five and a half. Julius, what say you? What was the yard total again, just to be precise? 750. 750. I predicted this man – I'm not predicting him to. I am 
giving him an ultimatum to have a Pro Bowl season. <laughs> Y'all remember that in the beginning of the show when we were talking about TJ Hawkinson. I'm not going to pay him for 700 yards receiving. I'm not going to want to pay him, even though I'm not paying him. The Ford family is, but that's besides the point. I'm not going to want the Ford family to pay him for six touchdowns. So, no, let me take that, like five or less touchdowns. Um, so I'm going to go over and over just off the benefit of the doubt that I like TJ Hawkinson. I believe in TJ Hawkinson a little. I have my doubts about him because, you know, he's a Bob Quinn guy, but I'm hoping I'm wrong about that. You think, you know, sorry, Nick, but like one Lions tight end in the first round has got a hit from like Ebron to Pettigrew to Hawkinson. It's like, come on, Lions, we're we're due. When are we going to get one like Charlie Sanders? I can't tell you how many times my dad talked about Charlie Sanders, RIP, my man. But uh, we just need one guy that will, you know, be a force like that because Charlie was Hall of Famer, legit. So hopefully Hawkinson does something like that. Nick? I don't know if Hawkinson signed Charlie Sanders. Um, I did like the way Adam put it. I'm also going to take the under and over. I don't see him hitting 750 yards. Uh, I'm hoping that he can hit over 600. That is my goal. But I do think touchdowns get up there. I think six touchdowns is a solid year. That'll get him like eighth in fantasy. And that's where I'm going to take it over touchdowns under yards. I like it. Uh, fans voted 66% on over receiving yards, 750, and 83% over on the five and a half receiving touchdowns. So our I fans love our fans, man. I love pretty our fans. confident. So uh, so far, the only 80% votes have been to Amon Ra and Hawkinson. Amon Ra going over six and a half receiving touchdowns, and Hawkinson over five and a half receiving touchdowns. So interesting. Uh, here is a interesting one to the defensive side another rookie Aiden Hutchinson eight and a half sacks over or under Nick I know you're surely expecting the over but is he gonna do it uh let's have some fun and I'm gonna take the over with Aiden Hutchinson coming out and having a fantastic big year I think Aaron Glenn get that I think just hold this defensive line is criminally 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 undervalued right now in the terms in the sense of like the, the, the world and the NFL media and everyone just thinking about like Michael Brockers in the year he had last year and Romeo not playing last year and Julian not having the chance and and this this Aleem stepping up that people don't know of and Levi hopefully steps up and this 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 prowess Josh Pascal like I think our defense line is gonna be so good and I think Aiden's gonna be at the forefront of it along with the ESPN forefront of it you know what I mean like the the J.J. Watt, the, he's going to get so much hype um, because he's a, a a homegrown boy out of Michigan, the big sell state, like the big sell college. So I'm, I am I think Aiden does get over eight and a half. I really do. I think he's going to get nine, ten sacks, and it's going to be crazy, and we're going to just blow our minds. It's going to be crazy. Over. Ah, uh, that's the Michigan and you talking, Nick. I know it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he does that. Um, Hutch, I think he does it too. I think he's going to get right. I, I mean, eight wouldn't shock me, but I'm, I'm feeling like nine, maybe 10. I, I feel like he's going to be, we saw like Okora, then we saw Charles Harris. Now I think it's going to be Hutch is going to be the one that's going to get nine to 10 right in that mark. Uh, he's playing with some other, you know, studs on the line, the Okora brothers, Lee McNeil, Levi, if he takes the next step. So it's going to be, and also Charles Harris too, who was a pretty solid sack master. So Hutch, he's not going to be, you know, doubled heavily. I'm sure there will be a game or two here where, you know, if he's playing well, that they will, you know, double team him or he will be facing, you know, a stud left tackle. But nonetheless, eight and a half isn't crazy. I think he can do it. We saw rookies from previous years, uh, rookie defensive ends hit the nine to 10 mark in the Bosa brothers and Chase Young. So I think Aiden does it. Julius, are you going to make it three peas in the pod? I'm going to make it three peas in the pod just because my original – the reason that I had them going like 13 and 5 or whatever crazy record I got them going is because I believe Aiden Hutchison is going to be the defensive rookie of the year and going <laughs> to set the rookie sack record. So, bam, over. 
over. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, so now, boys, if Hutch finishes with the over, and real quick, uh, our fans, they're not believing. We got we must have a lot of Spartans. That that must be what it is. A lot of Spartan fans just holding their vendetta against Hutchinson. He's got to prove himself first. I understand. I understand. But 52% voting Hayden Hutchinson to hit the under of eight and a half sacks. Go green. Yeah. Would would, would kind of be a bummer. But hopefully sure. we can prove all those fans wrong. Uh nonetheless, Julian and Romeo Cora combined 10 and a half sacks. This one's an interesting one. Because we saw the Okora brothers, you know, both play well kind of separately. When Romeo went down, Julian kind of stepped up or vice versa. I forget who, who it was. But uh, nonetheless, I think oh, – man, this is a tough task because it's like – am I going to say tw- like nearly 20 sacks between these three players? Oh, that's tough. I'm going to go no. I think our sack leaders are going to be – um, Charles Harris and Aiden Hutchison, I think the ends are going to be real, real fierce and feisty. I'm going to go the under on this. Julius, 10 and a half total sacks between the O'Core brothers. I think they got it in him. I am torn on this number because <laughs> I think Romeo could, you know, go for eight and Julian could go for three. So, boom, over. But I don't, I don't see that. I, I just, I feel like there's a lot more depth on the. I feel like the same way I feel with receiving yards in the, you know, on the offensive side as I feel like with sacks on the defensive line is that we, there's so much more depth now that it, the sacks are going to go around a little bit. Aiden Hutchinson is going to eat sacks. I just told y'all that. So I'm going to go under on this amount. I'm going to go under on Aurora Brothers 10, 10.5 and not look back. I like it. <clears throat> I like it. Um, Nick, what do you think on the Accor brothers? They, they doing it? Ten and a half? I'm going to say the over. All right. All I'm also right. going to speed up my answers. Just straight the over. We have eight minutes to go with a ton of these questions to go. Uh, well, yeah, I will, yeah. I might skip over a couple. Um, uh, Charles Harris, five and a half sacks. This one was interesting. I think he easily smashed the over on this. He had, I think, seven or eight last year, but he looked phenomenal. Adding in Aiden Hutchinson, I easily think he hits the over. Um, Julius, five and a half. Under. All right. I follow suit. Took a minute. Under. Going under as well. I got all my my sacks being dispersed. Hey, man. The, uh... Uh, the people voted under as well, 51%. So that was what the people vote on the Okora brothers. Oh, oh, that's right. 63.8% voted the over. So pretty confident in Okora brothers stepping it up. They obviously, um, the fans think they are going to get the sacks between Hutch and Okora brothers and Charles Harris. Also, next couple guys, Josh Pascal and uh, we'll do a Lee McNeil, a couple duo action. Josh Pascal, two and a half sacks. Is he, you know, do you guys think he's going to be enough on there? And then Aline McNeil, four and a half sacks. This one is interesting. I'll just start off right away. I think Pascal, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if he'll be on the field enough to have enough opportunities. But maybe in garbage time, you know, when Lions are getting blown out against Green Bay or something, he gets, you know, on the field and sacks, you know, Rodgers when he's, you know, doing something stupid. But uh, I'm going to go under on two and a half sacks. I know it does seem low, but I think we're going to have other guys stepping up. And other guys, as in Aline McNeil, four and a half sacks, I think he can do five. No problem. He had three quarterback hurries last year on six games started, two sacks last year and six games started. The dude was a beast. He's a big bull nose tackle and can absolutely get it done. So Julius, Josh Pascal, two and a half sacks. And Aline McNeil, four and a half sacks. I'm going to go over for Pascal because I think he is going to play more than we think. And I'm going to go under on Aline McNeil because I just don't think our nose tackle is going to take sacks away from Aiden Hutchison and Levi Orzawerke and the Okwara brothers and Charles Harris. Adam, what did you say for uh, McNeil? Uh, I said the over. I think he's going to have uh, five sacks. I think he's going to have a nice breakout season. Four and a half is is pretty 
good mark for him. So if he has five, man, that will be a, a good draft pick. I am following suit a lot with Adam this to, this week. Me and Adam are thinking alike with these over-unders. I'm also taking the under for Pascal, even though I do hope he takes the over. And I'm taking the over for Aline McNeil. I think he's a big breakout player. I think he's going to be the breakout player of the Lions defense. Ooh, I like it. Uh, and then also, with I wouldn't the I wouldn't be surprised uh, if, real quick, if, if Aline, you know, kind of pushed Levi kind of not out of the rotation, but if he just kind of started to eat up some more snaps. So uh, the percentages were 65% over on Josh Pascal and then a whopping 74% under on Aline McNeil. Our fans, I guess they just don't know yet. They do not know. Don't blame him. He didn't get on the field enough. They're following Julius and the fans and me and Adam. That's what it's I have nothing against Lee McNeil. I think he's going to have a great year. I just don't see our nose tackle eating sacks away. His mother could be away. watching this show, bro. Come on. Eating sacks away from the rest of our pass rushers. The pass, force, the pass rushers are going to force the quarterback right into Aleem's hand. And real quick, speaking of Aleem, so. you know how we had Marvin Jones as our beautiful singer for quite some time? Well, now we got Aleem McNeil, the hip-hop rap singer, but he's got a pretty good voice. He has some nice bars. Listen listened to him once or twice. His name is The Dream or Dream. I don't know. Check him out on iTunes. But uh, next up, a couple guys. We have Derek Barnes, three and a half sacks, and Alex Alonzo. 80 tackles. Uh, both of these were voted unders, ironically. So for me, I don't think Barnes is going to hit the over on sacks. Three and a half seems a little rich. Uh, and Anzalone, if he plays enough, I think he can hit the over. So I'm going to go over on 80 tackles. I think maybe 86-ish range sounds about right for him. Uh, Nick, start us off first. Anzalone over 80 tackles and Derek Barnes over or under three and a half sacks. Over and over again. We just keep over and over again. I love that sign. I'm going to listen to it tonight. Uh, over and over. Derek Barnes over three and a half sacks. Anzalone. Not, as you said, I don't even know what you just said. Adam. But Alex Anzalone over 80 tackles. All right. Uh, Julius. Anything different? Anything spicy? I got Derek Barnes over. It's at three and a half, correct? Correct. I got him just around at four, four and a half. You know, I just feel like he can get there. He can get there. Uh, and as far as who's the next guy? Alex Anzalone, 80 tackles. 80 tackles. Under. 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 Uh, I don't know. I, I just – do you know how many he had last year? Like – 81. Yeah, it's probably around there. I'm going to go under on, on improved defense. All right. All right. Uh, fans both vote, both voted under uh, 71% for Derek Barnes, three and a half sacks. And then it was very close, like 50 50 on Alex Anzalone, 80 tackles. Uh, it was 50.3%. It was the under. So barely taking that. Uh, next up, we'll do the interception boys between Jerry Jacobs and Amani. O. Jerry Jacobs, one and a half interceptions. This is going to be interesting because he is coming off that torn ACL injury and back half the season. So if he does, you know, get that play time, I think two interceptions is easy peasy for him. But if rehab takes a minute, then it could be a little dicey. Amani, O, three and a half interceptions. Get out of here. Forget about it. He's going for at least five, maybe another six again. So Amanio is easily going to crush over that three and a half receptions. I am going to dub a Jerry Jacobs clause on Jerry Jacobs' one and a half receptions. If he plays at least six games, I think he does. So if he plays less than six games, I do not think he No, uh, 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 uh. You get no, one oh, answer. Over oh, I or see. under. I see. All right, fine. I'll believe in my boys. Give me the over. Jerry Jacobs. Hope you're listening. Hope you're watching. Get two interceptions. Julius, me back me up on it. That'd be great. No, I'm going to go under on the Jerry Jacobs interceptions. Boo. And uh, the other player, well, Jeff Okuda, correct? No, yeah. Mani Arori. Now, I got more respect for him. His number's at five, right? Three and a half. Three. Oh, I'm going over on Amani. He's a ball hawk. I've seen him do it since his rookie season. He has it in his eyes. He, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was one of the league leaders. 
to, if I'm all honest, if he brings it all together, I mean, he's very good at tracking the ball. He's just really good at it. And as far as um, Jerry Jacobs, nothing against Jerry Jacobs. I really, really like him. But outside of Amani Ararie, who I just talked about, I don't trust anybody when it comes to forcing interceptions or going after the ball, being a ball hawk. I haven't saw it from Tracy Walker in like, I don't know, two, three years. Um, I don't, Will Harris can't do it. Uh, all the other corners on our depth chart, you know, they just got to prove it to me. So until then, I got Jerry Jacobs on the under right there. I'm following suit with Adam yet again, over and over again. I do think our defensive line is going to cause a major mischief, and Aaron Glenn, Aaron Glenn is going to have our secondary exploding. Jacobs over, Amani over. Love to hear it. Um, and then finally, rounded out, Julius, the man you've been waiting for, Jeff Okuda, over two and a half receptions or under two and a half receptions. And then Tracy Walker, the man who's back, 100 tackles. Think he makes the mark or not? Uh, Nick, give me, give me what you got real quick, and hopefully it's a double over and over again. It is not under for the Jeff Okuda picks. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think his picks are going to be there. I think he's going to be a great player, good hits, good tackles, um, effective out there, 17 games. I think he's going to be – I just don't think the picks are going to be there. Um, I think it'll be spread out a little bit differently. But I will take the over on Tracy Walker getting 100, touch, uh, 100 tackles. I believe he's done that two years in a row, uh, led our team in tackles two years in a row or two out of the last three years. Um, I hopefully he doesn't have to make as many tackles as a safety, but it's just a passing game. Uh, they're going to pass the safeties are going to have to make tackles more often than linebackers having to tackle a running back. So give me the over on that one. I like it. I like it. Not so much Jeff Kuda interceptions because I think he's hitting over too. So um, Okuda, I think he's going to come back to a nice, good amount of games played um, in which enough to give him three interceptions. Uh, Tracy Walker, hundred tackles. I'm, I'm right there with you, Nick. I think, you know, our, he's going to have a lot of just in play ball hawking, you know, chasing the ball plays. If it's, you know, a gain of six yards or if it's, you know, a 15 yard stop, that could have been a touchdown. So Tracy Walker, he's a guy that, you know, He's just got that dog in him, you know? So I think that Tracy Walker can get it done, get that hard tackle. So that Jeff Okuda, right there with the Julius, bounce back year. So save the best for last, Julius. Let's see what you got. Well, as much as I really X-factoring Jeff Okuda into a bounce back year Julius, and not getting myself too much under, under on the interceptions because I feel the same yeah. way I do about Jerry Jacobs. I got to see them intercept the ball before I believe they can do it. I read some kind of crazy stat that the Lions have like 12 less interceptions. They're, they have the least amount of interceptions in the NFL the last 10 years and the last five and the last three. And the next closest team has like 12 more. So under on Jeff Okuda interceptions, but go Jeff, go Jeff, lock him down anyway. And if I was a betting man, Based on my Alex Azzaloni under on his tackle uh, amount, I'm going to go under for Tracy Walker, 100 tackles too. Based off an improved Detroit defense that won't have to make a bunch of tackles all game because they can't get off the field. Adam, what did the fans say on Jacobs, Aurorie, Okuda, and Walker? Uh, oh, oh, yes, that's right. Okay, so Jerry Jacobs and Amani O. And fans voted an overwhelming 67.7% on one-and-a-half interceptions over for Jay Jacobs. And then Amani O got 75% on the over. Jeff Okuda got 56% on the over. And Tracy Walker got 63% on the over. So to recap things. Hold on. Uh, I know you want, I know we're all rushing it off here. But honestly, honestly, I had written down two, and I couldn't put it on that thread. And I want to ask you guys about this. So I know we're already over an hour. We're all like. Fuck this show. Let's get out of here. Just like, give me this. Riley Patterson, 54 and a half. Longest. Longest field goal. 54 and a half yards. Longest field goal. Over or under? Under. I will go under because. What was his long last year? Like 49 or 50. I think he's capable of doing it, but I think his opportunities are going to be vastly limited because Dan Campbell is going to be going for that fourth and two, fourth and three, fourth and one 
true. as much as he can. So great point. I went with the over. Last one, Jack Fox, 70 and a half yards, longest punt net. Ah. 70 and a half. I do believe he hit like 72 last year. I believe. Over. I will say under because I don't think he's going to get that many opportunities to punt this year. <laughs> I am going to say over with Julius. Awesome. I just want to get those two in there. Well, and uh, before we wrap things up, Pete Alonzo was eliminated, and Julius, uh, your man, is in the finals right now, Sir Julio Rodriguez. So she should throw a couple bucks on him. He's plus 750 to win it all. So uh, good call on that. Albert Pujols actually advanced through the first round. He beat Kyle Schwarber. Which Miggy was- would have made it to the championship, Miggy I swear to God. would have, Nick. I, I guarantee I, it. I scratch anything I said in the never show. Mickey would have cranked out 40 home runs. No Miggy, problem. The world will never know, bro. Mickey would have knocked exactly. out. So now we breaking call- windshields. That would have been the greatest Miggy moment. <laughs> Dude, it would have been the greatest the home run derby game. moment if it was Miggy versus Pujols in the championship. That's what they should have just done. That's what they just like. They should have just done just decided. <laughs> All right, boys. I've had a great show. We will be back next week for another great episode. If you guys want, check us out on Twitter at Honolulu Blues underscore. Give us some likes, reviews, subscribes, all that good stuff on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Uh, check us out individually. You know what's up at Everyday FFB, myself, Nick Faber, NFL, and the fifth top four, my main Julius. So, boys and girls, we will catch you all next week. Nick, I like the little happy face you're doing here. Go Lions! Go Lions! Baby, go Lions! <laughs>